This is the HIV Diaries Podcast. A production of Bruiser TV, LLC. The doctor is in. That's right, everybody. The doctor is in. My name is Dr. J. Thomas. This is the HIV Diaries Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Podbean, Facebook, facebook.com backslash HIV Diaries, Spirit Life Media at yahoo.com is how you get in touch with the program. You may also find us on Stitcher and iHeartRadio. Got an email I want to read here to you guys, a little response to a program we did a few weeks back, but excuse me, hmm. I guess that coffee I make is just too much. <laughs> a little reference to last week's show. But in all seriousness, man, the weather is starting to cool down, isn't it? Holy smokes. One day it's 90 degrees, sunny, and you can roll around with the top down. Next day it's, you know, cold enough to where you got to start making chili. (laughs) What happened? Welcome to fall. Oh, well, the nice weather was cool while it lasted. No pun intended. So the email I want to read to you guys. Yes. We got an email here, spiritlifemedia at yahoo.com. This one comes to us from Tony in Perrysburg. So a few weeks back, we did a show called Judgment Day. I'm sure a good portion of you remember it. Uh, Judgment Day is the interview uh, that we did with a woman named Alyssa Wright, who was also featured on 13 ABC News here in Toledo about a month or so ago. And we'll touch on the domestic violence connection in just a second to what's going on currently this month in uh, the city of Toledo. But we did the interview and it got this big response. And Alyssa is a survivor of domestic violence and abuse. And there's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into great graphic detail about it. If you have not had the opportunity yet, please go listen to Judgment Day. You can find it on facebook.com backslash HIV Diaries and most major streaming platforms as well. It is now officially the highest rated program we have ever had totaling across all streaming networks that it was on somewhere in the vicinity of around 65 to 70,000 streams. That's pretty awesome and pretty amazing. And I just want to say thank you to all of you who did check out the program. We got a lot of first time listeners to the program because of Judgment Day. And, you know, right now, as I I was talking about earlier, you know, everything going on in Toledo this month, the domestic violence thing does play into this because it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Talking earlier as well about 13 ABC, you know, 13 ABC has been doing a number of things recently with the local YWCA doing different public service announcements, uh, some of which you may have seen before, but now they have a little bit of a local spin, you know, bringing it a little closer to home. And that's kind of what Judgment Day did too. It brought the issue of domestic violence and abuse and things of that nature closer to home, I think, for a lot of people. Judgment Day also brought back a lot of things for me as well. And those of you who have been listening to this program for a while, you know I am indeed a survivor of domestic violence myself. You know, we spent the last few weeks uh, talking about the different aspects of child abuse and neglect, but we're bringing it back to domestic violence this week. And it's something that is a huge, huge problem. And I'm going to tell you right now, 
no fact checking needs to be involved in this. If you think it's okay to beat a woman, you're wrong in every aspect of your life. Now that I'm done on my little rant, I got this email I want to read. Tony from Perrysburg writes, Hey, listen to Judgment Day. Got a question. I was curious, has she become a part of your program now? Is she one of the people that is helping put these shows together? It really seems like ever since around the time she did come into your life that it seems like your shows have really changed and they're more dealing with domestic issues now than it was originally with HIV, which is kind of sort of true. I can't lie about that, but getting back to the letter. I don't have anything necessarily wrong with it. It's just something I noticed. And I was curious, as I said as well, does she have anything to do with the show? Is she helping you out with the programs now? Is she a part of your program? Thank you so much. Just curious. We'll continue to listen. Tony Perrysburg. Well, Tony, to answer your question, no, she is not a part of the show. Although when I do do something on the show she doesn't like, I do hear about it. <laughs> quite a bit actually oh man you need to be careful what you say you need to choose your words wisely that's my favorite line which usually lets me know i'm doing something right so that letter did hit on something and that's what i want to talk about i'm talking about my girlfriend today however not maybe in the sense you may think but from a perspective that maybe you never thought about you know, this letter talked about that you don't really talk much about HIV things anymore like you used to, which is not necessarily true, but I get what they're saying. So, I would like to fix that for this show. And what we're going to talk about today is what it was like after my divorce, dealing with the after effects, the mental and psychological effects of the abuse. And also now having to deal with this thing called a felonious assault law, where anybody that I am with, I have to inform about my HIV status, irregardless of whether I'm undetectable or not, because legally, if anything happens to them, I could be held liable and accountable and I can go to prison. And today's show, we're going to talk about what it was like to have to inform my girlfriend about my HIV status. As I spoke about before, this is not my nine to five. This is just my little thing I do on the side, right? Well, my nine to five, I don't want to say it's a public position, but it's one where I'm seen in the public, if that makes sense. So one day I'm at work and this person who just got hired where I work, never seen this woman before, didn't know her from Adam. She walks by me and I look and I'm in the middle of having a conversation with somebody else. And as a joke, I turn to this woman who I'd never seen before. And as a continuation of the conversation I'm having, but in a joking manner, I say to her, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. You agree with me, right? Um, what's your name? Alyssa. Yeah, you agree with me, right? And she just stares at me like, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course I do. See, look, see, even this woman who's never met me before agrees with me. You see this? And that's how we met. Not a great story, but that's what happened. So every now and again, I would see her and we would just kind of joke about that. You know, like, oh, remember that time I did this, blah, blah, blah. Wait, that's only been an hour ago. That kind of thing. I'm such a nerd. I'm sorry. That's just who I am. 
If you know me off the air here, you know how goofy and nerdy and just downright ridiculous I can be sometimes. It's just who I am. And over time, we started to talk more and more, and we'd bump into each other, and we started to really realize that, you know, wow, we've, we've kind of got a few things in common here. We, we really get along great. And I started to share some details with her about my life, and she started to share some details with me about hers. And one of the details that I shared with her was, of course, about my abuse that I had lived through and everything else. And I kind of went into detail about the whole thing with the video, the notorious video. And I told her about that. And I remember the first time I told her about the abuse, she just sat there and she just looked at me and I, and I said, um, I'm sorry, is everything okay? Did I say something wrong? Because I, I start panicking. I'm like, oh my God, I said too much. I gave too much information. And she, she says, no, um, I know what you mean. I'm just kind of looking at her like, what? Huh? You know? And she says, I know exactly what you mean. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I've got something like that in my own home. And I said, oh, is it someone that you know? And she said, yeah, it's me. And at that point, I just sat there and I'm like, I don't know where to go with this, you know? And we were still just friends, still kind of getting to know each other. Lunchroom buddies kind of thing, you know? And she starts explaining some things to me. And the more she began to trust me, the more she would confide in me about some of the things that were going on. And it became obvious there was a problem here. And as a friend who had been through something very similar, I decided that I wanted to help her. And so I started offering my services and my help any way I could. You know, if you ever need anybody to talk to, I don't care what time it is, call me. You know, I mean, that, that may seem small to some people, but that was what I did. And so I started getting phone calls. And I started getting text messages. And then I started finding things out that I really didn't want to find out about what was going on. And then we come to January. And January was, as we talked about and discussed and Alyssa uh, kind of briefly spoke on in Judgment Day, uh, there was this incident that had happened and it was caught on tape. When that happened, I, of course, became aware of it and lended my support any way I could. And as I spoke about earlier, she and I were working together at the time. And one night after we had both gotten off of work, I was talking with her and we drove somewhere. I think it might have even been to the parking lot of Walmart, if I recall. And we just sat and we talked and she said, Hey, I really need a favor. Okay. What do you need? Like, Hey, I need to go back to my house to go do something, but I don't want to go alone because I don't want to risk running into him. Cause at this point too, there was also an issue of a potential protection order going into place. So I said, okay, I'll go with you. So we drove over and we pulled around and I said, oh, is this your house? And, I, you know, and she's like, yeah. And I keep in mind, this road was dark. There weren't a lot of street lights. So it was really tough to see. And I wear glasses and I've got a focus issue at night anyways. And I kind of looked. 
she couldn't see very well. And I, and I said, I think there's a car in your driveway. She's like, what? Is he home? And I was like, does he have a car? Like, no, he's got something that looks like a truck. I'm like, well, this, this, this ain't a truck. This is a car. Well, who's in my house? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So she's like, I got to call 911 because someone's in my house that I don't know. So she calls 911. The police eventually come out. Here comes one car. Here comes two cars. And eventually three cars pull up. And the police walk with her into the house. And they're in there for a number of minutes. And then the officer and her walk back out, walked back to the car, got in. And I will never forget this as long as I live. Alyssa proceeded to tell me that there was another woman in her bed. And my heart sank. Because again, I lived through this with my ex. And my heart just sank. And then said that this gentleman that lived there, her ex, was very soon going to be back to the house and she wanted to get away from there. I didn't blame her. She's like, just take me back to my parents. Okay. So I took her back. And the whole rest of the night, we just kind of text back and forth about it, you know? And it wasn't too long after that that she and I began to date. Well, here's where the HIV thing comes into play. I never told her that I had HIV when we first started talking because we were just friends. And I learned a long time ago, it's not something I bring up anymore, at least at that point in time, because I had been humiliated over it by a lot of different people. And I just lived through what I lived through, courtesy of the University of Toledo Medical Center, Ryan White Clinic, and what they did to me and what they put me through and the hell that I experienced because of their fraudulent practices. Plus, I had just gotten out of a divorce. So I wasn't really in a real big rush to share things with people that didn't need to be shared. And we were just friends, so I wasn't really, you know, it wasn't a concern. Well, once we started dating, of course, all of that changed. And eventually, the time came in our relationship where had to tell her about this. And I was scared to death. Because I really like this girl and I cared a lot about her, but we're in this relationship and, you know, when you're dating and eventually you just get to that point where it's like, okay, it's getting to that level. I got to tell her now. And it got to be the time. And I said, hey, um, tonight when I get off of work, I need to talk to you about something important. I promise you it's nothing bad. Per se, I just, I got something kind of important that I want to talk to you about. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to need your full and undivided attention. And she's like, okay, you know, is everything okay? I'm like, it's fine. I promise. I just need to talk to you. All right. Sure. So we sat down, did the obligatory. Well, we've been seeing each other for a little while. And, you know, this has been a great relationship. And I care a lot about you. And I know you care a lot about me. And, I was just blubbering at this point, right? And I, and, I, and I said, um, I need you to listen and please do not say anything until after I get finished with what I have to say. Okay. I have something to tell you 
And it may scare you at first, but I promise you, you have nothing to worry about. And as long as things continue down the route that they are and down the road that they are, you will continue to have nothing to worry about. I promise you in every aspect about this. Since June of 2017, I have been living with HIV. However, I'm undetectable. And what that means is, on paper and backed by science, that I am untransmittable. And I was waiting on the right time to tell you. And so I just want to let you know, this is what's going on. I live with HIV. I'm untransmittable. I promise you, if you want me to show you the paperwork to prove it to you, I will be more than happy to. I'll do whatever I need to, but I can assure you this is the case. And if you have any questions, I'll be more than happy to answer them for you. And there's kind of this dramatic pause. And she says, that's it. Um, yeah. Is there something more I need to talk to you about? I mean, this is like kind of important to me. And, and she's, she, she kind of chuckles and she goes, oh, I know it's important. I can tell, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, I thought it was something life altering. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I trust you. And that was it. And all of a sudden, I felt this weight just get lifted off of my shoulders. And it was like the world just opened up. And all that anxiety and all of that, oh my God, my sex life is over stuff just went out the window. Because see, here was the thing. I got diagnosed in June of 2017 when I was still married. So the only other woman I had been with post-diagnosis was her. Pre-diagnosis, of course, different story. But post-diagnosis was her, was my ex-wife. This woman I was with now who I just shared my status with was the first woman I was with beyond my ex-wife after my diagnosis. It was a scary, scary, scary thing for me to sit there and to tell her this. I was nervous, so nervous. But she looked past that. And she's like, okay. And literally it was like, that's it? I guess so. Well, I guess I'll just go get a popsicle now. Thanks for caring. But in all seriousness, though, I was nervous and I was scared. Because, you know, legally I have to inform. I was petrified that she was going to not want to have anything to do with me. But that wasn't what happened and she accepted me. And we've been together now for, gosh, a number of months. And nothing has happened. I haven't transmitted it. I guess that tells you what's been going on. But I haven't transmitted it. It's great. You know, it's like suddenly I'm back. And it's because of this woman that I met, that I had a bond with, that began as friends. And we bonded over our mutual experiences, a good portion of which were negative, And we turned it into a positive. And let me tell you something about this woman. I've met a lot of mothers in my day. I have never met a woman who works as hard as she does 
fights through what she does and battles through and deals with anything and everything like she does for not so much her benefit, but for the benefit of her daughter. And I just can't thank her enough for coming into my life when she did, because if she didn't, I don't know where I'd be right now. Now, that's a pretty amazing feeling. You know, it, it really is. And um, yeah, I guess that's what the show is about today is her and how much she's come back from and the support she's given me and for supporting me in my HIV diagnosis and dealing with it and accepting me for it. So I got something I want to talk to you about too, upcoming shows we're going to be doing. And what it is, is that we're going to go into the HIV Diaries archives that we have from the last year and a half, two years worth of shows. Even maybe going back to the video blog days in the late uh, part of 2017, it's going to be HIV Diaries Reflections. We're going to start a show where I'm going to intro the particular show, going to give you a date, time period, so forth of when it aired or when it was uploaded or what have you. And then I'm going to play the show or I'll play selections from the show. And then at the end of it, I'm going to come back with reflections. Looking back, would I do this again? If not, what would I do differently? Or maybe if it was something that was life altering or something that had to do with a very personal aspect of my life, I'll give you a little bit more of a detailed aspect of it. So in a way, it's going to be like a best of, but it's going to be a best of with new added updated content. HIV Diary reflections and it'll be an every other week thing so there'll be around three or four reflection shows and they're going to be important shows and yes we are going to discuss the utmc ryan white thing because let's face it that consumed a good portion of the programs in the latter part of 2019 early part of 2020 and we'll look back i'm not going to play everything of course let's not get stupid but i will play different aspects different parts of it selections and then at the end i'll give you my perspective about it now and if i were to do anything differently how i would do it and also too we'll give you updated information as well and then one of the other shows we're going to do too is we're going to go back in time to when the show first began and i was still dealing with having to accept that I had HIV and how I was dealing with it back then and compare it to what I'm doing now. It's gonna be kind of a nice little fun thing to look back on to see how far I've come. HIV Diaries Reflections coming your way beginning in two weeks. All right, so stay tuned. Until then, my name is Dr. Jay Thomas. This is the HIV Diaries Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Podbean, Facebook, facebook.com backslash HIV Diaries, Spirit Life Media at yahoo.com. Also, you may find us on Stitcher and iHeartRadio. Till next time, you guys be good out there, take care, and stay warm out there. <laughs>